Hello all you live resin revelers, connoisseurs of fine craft flower and dabbling doubters. Welcome to the National Cannabis Network, your voice for everything marijuana. I'm your host, Jason Watson. On today's program, I'll be talking with David Daniel, cannabis advocate, industry veteran, and cannabis educator with Edibles. Sit back, grab your rig, and enjoy the show. So I am here with David Daniel in Toledo, Ohio. Thanks for having me at your home, David. Oh, it's great to have you here. What is life like up here in Toledo, man? Well, uh, <laughs> Toledo, it's, it's uh, uh, they would say it was like little Detroit, um, but it's, it's a really industrious city. We're uh, about as, I would say, about as purple as you could be, but, um, you know, we lean towards the, the Democratic side here. So I've, I've always kind of wondered how, how the marijuana movement here in Toledo has been impacted by your proximity to Michigan. Oh, the movement itself? Well, uh, obviously we look towards Michigan for somewhat what we want to do here in Ohio and in Toledo. Michigan uh, and other states have been uh, setting, setting the example for uh, Ohio patients. Yeah, I, I feel like there might be a little bit more openness up here in Toledo. With oh, its, yeah, you know, With its proximity to Michigan, I know in Cincinnati, it still seems like a brand new thing. We just got our first dispensary uh, to open up like a month ago. Yeah, I'm excited to see growth in Ohio, finally. Uh, in 2016, I uh, went to testify before, before the Senate speaking tour. And my main goal was to essentially try to get like any progress uh, towards cannabis. And I knew that at the time that whatever was going to happen was not going to be a situation where that people were going to enjoy. Not immediately, it would take years, it would take a fight, it would take you know a long battle uh, to get to the point where we want to be. You know, that's, I'm pro home growing. Uh, I don't believe that any large uh, cannabis uh, grower should worry about the home grower um, for the simple fact is that most people don't grow their own tomatoes you know people have made that argument uh, from time to time um, in regards to home grows you know not everybody's a good grower and it, it takes time energy and expense so I don't think you know any of the large producers have anything to worry from home growers I think it promotes a, a better healthier market better healthier situation in the state uh, for patients and business and everybody. You know, uh, what people have done in the basement over the past 30, 40 years is, you know, create those like truly unique, unique strains, which unfortunately are, you know, devolving down into polyhybrids at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but the future is where we're uh, going to be a place where we're going to be exploring, you know, the extremes of cannabis uh, one way or another. You know, uh, moving away from THC and, of course, going into uh, places like THCV and uh, CVG. Cannabis has helped me uh, not only lose weight, but keep it off. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, it's made me want to live a healthier life. Yeah. Uh, when you can uh, get into the mindset of having a healthier uh, life, uh, it takes work to get there. It's more than like one go to say like, hey, at least for me, it was more than one go for me to say, uh, hey, I got to get healthy. I have to figure out what's going on. And I have to do stuff. But and with cannabis, uh, the great thing is, you know, especially with edibles, I would love uh, in the past, I would go to the gym and I'd love to make a drinkable, you know, whether it be like bulletproof coffee or like an infused chai latte or whatever. I'd go to the gym and it would allow me to um, 
go longer, you know, like spend more time on like the mundane things, you know, and uh, the fact that it's stimulating your metabolism, that's a great thing, you know, it's, I advocate like all these little uh, tricks you can do to push your metabolism a little bit further, cannabis is one of them, you know, eating hot spicy foods, that's one thing, working out in the cold, that's another thing. Um, anything that you can do to just change your metabolism, like give you like those that few extra percentages, you know, it, it helps. Absolutely. And, you know, let's be honest, working out sucks. Oh, I hate working out. But cannabis helps me look past it and just realize that I'm doing it. I was always big. My entire life I was big. Uh, I was heavy. When I was in kindergarten, I was uh, a head taller than anybody else. In sixth grade, I was six feet tall. You know, I was probably pushing a bit over 200 pounds then. And when I was 30, I was 465 pounds. And, like, I had this notion in my head that if I didn't change, if I didn't do anything, basically I'd, I'd be dead by now. And so uh, I had to, like, analyze myself. I knew that the root of my weight, my obesity, uh, my behavior wasn't, it wasn't just, like, simple, like, desire to like to be a glutton uh it was based off of i was sedentary um i was isolated and you know i knew i was anxious i was depressed and i had to figure out why what was causing it after a period of educating myself researching like really deeply analyzing things i came to suspect that i had asperger's syndrome uh, and after speaking with uh, mental health professionals and being tested and uh, going through a panel, I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. And once I knew what, <laughs> once I had a, a label, and people say that they don't, they don't care for label uh, labels. Uh, they should say that like, hey, I'm David with Asperger's. Well, I say it's kind of more convenient for me to say that like I have, I'm Aspie Dave because it saves me the time of having to, uh, in a lot of cases, having to explain myself um, on one end. But I was 465 pounds, I was 30, and if I didn't do anything, I would, you know, basically die a hermit um, living in my mom's house. And up until that point, you know, I had lived much a, like a life of a hermit. I was a caregiver to my dad. He had kidney failure. And from like essentially the age of 11 to 27, I was his caregiver while mom worked. I gave him about 12,000 insulin injections. I spent, I think I, I, probably about 3,000 uh, dialysis trips. That's a lot of responsibility yeah, at a yeah, young age. 15 years on dialysis is... Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, it's it's a lot of responsibility. Wheeling my dad around in a wheelchair at one point, you know, the, the things I had to do with him as, as a caregiver, uh, do for him. I, I hate to say it, the stress of survival is huge. Uh, it, it puts a lot of strain on people, on families, you know, anything, like I say, like any anything that can change the percentages just a little bit, I'm all for. You know, so can you tell me what very tangential? <laughs> That's cool. Can you tell me a little bit about Asperger's, what it is, and how medical marijuana helps you out with okay. the symptoms associated with it? 
my perspective on Asperger's, my my view of it, my perception, and you know, I'll try to share it as much as possible. When I'm alone, I feel like I what I consider normal. When I'm in a social situation, like right right now with you, I, I am tending to avoid eye contact. It actually took me some time, and I'm rambling on in tangents. Anyways, I was 465 pounds. I discovered I had Asperger's, and what I needed to do was change my, I had to save myself. So uh, it started with something simple. I started walking a half an hour every day. I started a uh, low carb diet, which eventually turned into a keto diet, which you know waffled back between low carb and keto. In conjunction with cannabis, I think it helped start losing about 13 pounds a month. Uh, the first month I lost 25 pounds and then after I averaged about 13 pounds a month weight loss, I got down to 265. Uh, I would say probably about six months after that I was in a car accident. I was actually, I should say, I was a pedestrian in a car accident. I was helping my brother jumpstart his wife's minivan, and uh, I was standing behind my mom's minivan and my brother's minivan on the roadway. And uh, my brother actually was uh, under his wife's minivan. It was about six o'clock at night uh, in the winter. It was, it was windy and dark, rainy. It was January. I was looking at my phone. I had the flashlight on. And I heard this screech, and I felt myself flying through the air. Uh, both my legs were broken. I had damage to my right leg. I had uh, about 300 square centimeters of uh, skin removed and uh, eventually grown back and grafted over. <laughs> I didn't walk for about seven months. I, w I want to say that I, I suspect that since I've been using cannabis since I was about 13 years old, that, I mean, yeah, I'm also a big guy, but I would say that statistically speaking, by all rights, by the math, I should have lost a leg at least. I should have died. And my brother, he survived. Yeah, he was under the car. He ended up uh, breaking some ribs and uh, fracturing uh, vertebrae. How traumatic. This is 200 pounds into your journey. Yeah, I just lost 200 pounds and got hit by a car. So uh, the seven months, I ate a lot of ice cream. <laughs> I gained about 100 pounds and then uh, lost 60 after that uh, when I started walking again and getting around and climbing hills and mountains and going to music festivals. And uh, part of that uh, that time, you know, I was on painkillers, but I was also on magic brownies. And, you know, the cannabis, it, it helps you get through things psychologically. It helps you ignore, like, some of the peripheral thoughts, too. And that, that's what helps me really with uh, Asperger's as well, is it helps me ignore, like, the peripheral static. You know, like I say, when I feel, well, when I'm uh, alone or with uh, people that I'm close with, I feel normal, I feel fine. Sitting next to you, uh, I feel it's static. It's not superficially, you would say, like, I'm weird or quirky, blah, blah, blah. Dig into that deeper, you'd say I'm anxious, depressed, you know. A lot of people would say I'm just shy, but no, it's it's more than that. Uh, Asperger's, uh, it's not trendy. <laughs> It's trending, it's disconnect. Until I really analyzed what was going on, I didn't realize how 
disconnected I was from other people. Socially, I had to go through a lot of self-training to get myself to any point and where, you know, where I could uh, uh, work well with uh, others, like uh, social relationships, making uh, uh, friends in new places, you know, I've, I've been a person, I've, I've always had friends, but it's, it's been, you know, very few, very strong relationships, you know, now I, I can count, you know, a few dozen people you know, as legitimate friends. Cannabis helps with the general day-to-day easing of that static, that disconnect, whatever part of the brain isn't sending enough information that makes me feel comfortable. And it's not, it's not even just a matter of anxiety or, or comfort. It's, it's, you know, again, it's that static, it's disconnect, you know, I can feel, you know, like my instrumentation is messed up in like really weird regards, like put me into a party, you know, uh, with six people and say two of them, and this actually happened like uh, a few weeks ago, and I would say like I feel my Asperger's most distinctly in those situations like, you know, um, unstructured situations like parties, or various forms of conflict. By myself, I, I can have like this this flow of like really great thought. You know, I come up with like ideas, but my brain shuts down, and it's hard to tell people that like I can literally feel my intelligence shifting. You know, from time to time, from situation to situation, from you know, like I need to get out for 15 or 20 minutes or have some space just so that my brain's not processing other human beings and it's like my brain is a laptop with all the freaking apps open all the windows are open and if I don't reset myself now and then daily every few hours with cannabis right yeah right cannabis meditation just being quiet just being away just thinking something uh, distractions, any what, any of these things. Right. You know, you hear a lot about local ordinances and municipalities working on their own sensible movements, which is wonderful, which is yeah. great, right? But uh, what confuses me is when I hear the argument made that this proposal isn't good enough. This proposal isn't strong enough. Meanwhile, until we've reached some kind of resolution, people are still going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. People are still going to be wrapped up with Children Protective Services. Mm-hmm. People are still going to be paying the legal consequence. Yeah. So why not just come together, get it legalized, and we'll argue about the rest of the shit later. What's the, what's the format for that? How do we get everybody, how can we get John Q and the, the producers together like on the same page? Ohio patients, uh, to get anything done, we need money. Uh, so we have to work with people. We have to find these people that have money to do this and get it done. And I think that if people really sussed it out, they could find those uh, common places. You know, in the end, a free market situation, a relatively free market cannabis situation, is going to be the best thing for everybody. Getting autism approved in Ohio is going to be a good thing. Cooperation is better than competition hands down i'm a contractor for edibles i'm uh i represent them here in toledo between here and uh 
the Detroit area, uh, roughly. Can you tell me a little more about it? Oh, I'm a cannabis educator. Essentially, we offer private individuals and businesses the opportunity to uh, partner with them. We show up. uh, We teach people how to make edibles, infusions, um, topicals. You know, there's there's a a range of things that you can do in your own home. I like to say that we offer 80% information and 20% marketing. We make our money uh, from selling Magic Butter machines. We're a distributor for Magic Butter. They're awesome machines, and uh, Nova Nova decarboxylators, those are great as well. Um, so yeah, we uh, show people how to essentially, like uh, one of the things that's been popping up is that there are a lot of people that are, they want to know how to make their own CBD products at home. They want to start their own small businesses. We show them how to do that. Uh, chefs uh, working in restaurants, we show them how to infuse things to start integrating them into you know their own future pro- products. What is your favorite infused item? Oh, my favorite infused item? I would say hot drinks. Um, like I say, uh, infused uh, chai lattes. That's my favorite thing right now. Really, I, I, I love the convenience of something that you can drink. I also love uh, infused sauces. Just being able to uh, go in the refrigerator, put a sauce on something, a dressing. One of the things I like to advocate is rather than... Uh, thinking about like how potent are like these brownies gonna be I'm actually a person that like I like to move away from you know like super sugary uh, things like brownies and and cookies etc 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 even though like ice cream's awesome I think you know creating meals that where there's you know a few milligrams in this a few milligrams in that you know uh, combining like the natural flavors found in cannabis with you know, traditional ingredients, because at some point, you know, uh, we're going to expand on this. And one of the things I hope to see is some, you know, maybe like some uh, dry frozen uh, keef, you know, in uh, seasoning shakers at some point, because eventually it will end up being a, a common kitchen ingredient. And uh, finding where it, uh, where it fits in and what we can really do with cannabis as far as uh, edibles goes, you know, there's a lot of exploration to be made. There's a lot of things that can be done. Okay, help me understand. Is a sativa edible going to be any different than an indica edible? Uh, I would say no. It comes down to, to chemistry, and uh, in the end, you're going to have uh, decarboxylated THC. Now, there's you can uh, adjust the decarboxylation process so that you can move from, say, uh, THC um, to, like, CBN. So, like, uh, you decarboxylate a little bit longer. Uh, you can produce, you can basically choose, like, a decent effect brain effects edible versus one that will like definitely most likely put you to sleep one of the things i actually like doing versus i'd say other people is that like i like to infuse icing versus like a like an entire cookie i would rather infuse the icing that way i can take any kind of like cookie whatever you go get like some gourmet cookies you just put that icing on there you know it's an easy way to control the dosing you know visually in your product and uh, I prefer it over isolate, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's something lacking in edibles made with isolate only. 
I feel that isolate doesn't taste that great. Concentrates, yeah, it's uh, concentrates are like pretty well refined, but there's still uh, terps and thiols in there that can, you know, complement flavors, you know. So it doesn't have the green from the flower uh, in it to muddle things up. But, you know, like what you can do with flour and what you can do with dab and isolate, you know, there's it's it's a spectrum. It's it's there's there's a huge range of things and it's going to be great to explore. I wasn't a big fan of the consistency of the edibles that I had that were made with isolate. I found them to be a little runny, kind of gummy. Yeah. Um, not something I necessarily would have felt comfortable packing along in my day pack on a hike. Yeah, um, I found that too. I would go up to dispensaries and I would see cookies uh, on the shelf and you'd look in the packaging and you'd see oils running down in the bottom, you know, mm -hmm. things are deteriorating. And I, that's a, another thing is actually like producing shelf-stable stuff, you know, and I, I hate to say it, but, you know, there's preservatives and all those FDA things are going to be involved at some point, you know, just so that you can go to a place and get a, a decent cookie that's, you know, well-made. It has to be well-made because what's, what's the point of buying an edible when the active effect has like ran down into the bottom of the bag? So what types of products here in our Ohio market have you tried out that, that have worked? For you. <laughs> in the Ohio market, actually, uh, I am not uh, participating in the Ohio Medical Marijuana Program right Got now. Got it. In the future, however, I have no problem if it's if it's made more available where I can reasonably afford the the products and right. have the access. I have no problem with that. So the price is driving you away at this point. Yeah, the price is driving driving me away. Where do you see edibles in five years from now? Well, I'd hope to see edibles uh, nationally. Uh, we have people down in Florida. Um, we're working on uh, getting started out in the West Coast, Oregon, uh, Pacific Northwest area. I would like to see uh, edibles as uh, part of uh, weddings. Uh, I want to see it producing its own uh, products in legal states. You know, just being very involved in uh, manufacturing, producing uh, products for patients, you know, businesses alike, uh, and continuing its education and uh, patient advocacy and advocating for, you know, really, in the end, uh, mutual benefit for everyone. So now being so close to Michigan, you've, you've probably heard, at least know of what some of the prices are. Uh, let, let's play a little round of, I'll tell you what I pay in Ohio, you tell me what you've heard Michiganders pay. Okay. So, first, 100 milligrams of edibles, $60 in Ohio. Uh, five? Five dollars. For 100 milligrams of edible? Yeah. 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 Um, five. Okay. Um, now, let's say five to ten, you could say maybe $15, but I'm just going to throw out like five. 60 bucks and, and if I could have gotten away with that <laughs> I would have been a rich man oh, okay <laughs> right next product I paid $80 for a gram of shatter 20 beyond you know, some special days you know uh, yeah 15 I'm barely scraping by with with my budget to be able to afford my medicine and I've had to cut down on my medicine but 
it sure does seem like a lot of incentive there for people just to go across the border. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, prices will draw people absolutely when... Uh, when the competition in Ohio is so high where the pricing is just, it's naturally excluding a lot of people, you know, and that's where it's failing itself. To get the pricing down, you need more growers, more competition, you need all of that, so. So how do you feel about the recent decision by the medical board to deny anxiety and autism as qualifying conditions? Well, I think that it's a disservice uh, to Ohioans, I think it's a disservice to humanity in general, but you know, that might be reaching. Uh, <laughs> I feel that the system in Ohio, on my most paranoid of days, I would say was designed to fail. It's designed to be shaken up. It's designed to be rebuilt. The lack of communication that's going on, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of patients, they're reaching out. Yet politicians are like, no one's talking to us, and I'm not sure if that's true. I don't really believe it's true. I think that there's this uh, little bit of willful ignorance going on, and um, you know, I'm not. I don't know people's motivations for that, but it, I would suspect it's just that they're trying to be cautious. But yeah, it's it's a disservice. Uh, autism, uh, it's covered in many medical states in the country, I think like 23 I believe. It's ridiculous that it's not. Autism and cannabis, uh, the the ability for cannabis uh, to be used as a tool to treat autism is huge. Uh, when it comes to things like insomnia, anxiety, depression, intestinal issues, one of my big uh, targets in autism is the autistic burnout times when an autistic person uh, they've they've bottled up all these like emotions they don't really know how to handle things and it all comes out at once there you are you're you're a child or you're an adult and you're weeping uncontrollably uncontrollably hitting yourself or just wanting to hit anything you know that that's something that I wish people would take a look at I wish you know they'd think about uh, the lives of others, how they have to live, you know, moment to moment. It's not, it's not uh, just weird people or handicapped people or like uh, anything. It's, these are human beings with lives, and you know their perceptions and interactions are colored by that. And people, they're like, okay, they just want to get high, or they just want to get the kids high, or they just want to do this to. No, it's it's effective. Cannabis is effective. There's pro there's potential that the endocannabinoid system is uh, going to have a great impact on an autistic individual, and you know, providing them uh, uh, the phytocannabinoids that you'd get from cannabis, um, and introducing the endocannabinoid system, um, you're going to balance out some deficiencies in uh, like neural signaling, you know, intestinal issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The, the fact that you can take something in the morning and it, it'll last, you know, four, five, six, eight hours, depending, you know, uh, depending on what you've eaten or how you've eaten it or how you're preparing things, you know, it's, it's uh, really efficacious. It's, you know, there's a lot of medical benefit there. So, 
going along with that, do you feel as though doctors in Ohio should be allowed to recommend medical marijuana for anything they see fit? Uh, I would say if they're doctors, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's logical to me. Now you can throw a lot of litigiousness at that, and I would also understand that because, you know, yeah, we do need regulations and stuff. We, need, we do need guidelines. But I would say when it comes to cannabis, I would say that they're, the guidelines and restrictions uh, would rather be few. I'm here with David Daniel. I want to thank him again for inviting me into his home. And just one more time, can you tell listeners how to get a hold of edibles? Uh, edibles.com, E-D-I-Y-B-L-E-S.com, or contact me on Facebook, David Daniel, or uh, contact L.A. Dawson on Facebook. Thanks again, David, for having me into your home, and the best of luck in all your future endeavors. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks again, folks, for tuning into the National Cannabis Network podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please contact me at nationalcannabisnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week for an eye-opening story about Peggy Sue and Glenn Keeling, a Rockford, Ohio couple facing up to 50 years in prison for cannabis. If you'd like to help support them, you can show up at the Salina, Ohio Courthouse on October 31st at 1 p.m. for court support. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, stay green, friends.